answer me? Second, or will he answer Jesus first? He looks at me through Christ. Praise the Lord. It's indeed a great day to be alive. My name is Iyang Okutiang and coming to you via the Avenue of Life Extraordinary. Praise the name of the Lord. We're so glad and thankful for this opportunity to be able to bring the word to you again. And let me encourage you, please uh, grab a hold of your Bible and help us. You know, we're going to be looking through the Bible and I encourage you to follow through as we are looking through because that's what is going to help you to be able to recognize and be able to go back to the scriptures and take those scriptures in for yourself. And secondly, help us share this, uh, share this, uh, you know, recording, share this message. Let it be a blessing to different ones. And of course, keep thanking those of you who've always been, who've been uh, getting back to me, letting me know how you've been blessed. It's really, really a great day to be alive. We live in very wonderful, momentous times. Yes, I know there's so much hue and cry out there in the world, desperation, you know, mourning, sorrow, despair. But don't despair, dear friend. Jesus said, yeah, in the world we'll have tribulation and there'll be all these things will be happening. But he said, look up, rejoice. He didn't say for us to go stick our heads in a cave somewhere. He said, rejoice. Our salvation draws nigh. And besides, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. So the greater one lives on the inside of you and I. And the Lord Jesus said, I'll never leave you. God the Father is with us. He'll never leave us. The Holy Ghost is with us. He will never leave us. So we are never alone. We are never alone. Jesus has said he'll be with us all through time and beyond. Amen. And so we're going to be picking up from where we left off the last time. And once again, we're going to pick up from the series we just began. This is going to be the second in the installment of it. Steps to dealing with anxiety. Steps to dealing with anxiety. You know, that's something that is so peculiar in this day and age that we live in. Anxiety. Words like stress. You know, challenges. These are words that, you know, are reality in the world that we live in. But, you know, Jesus said, well, we'll have testings and trials. But just because we have testings and trials doesn't mean we have to despair. No, the victory that you and I are going to be experiencing through these testings and trials, Jesus has already purchased for us. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell us to turn with me to Matthew 6. Matthew 6, once again, steps to dealing with anxiety. Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 31, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Did you get that? Don't worry. Hallelujah. Uh, Don't worry, saying. In fact, I like the way the King James puts it and says, Take no thought, saying. You see, the way we take the thought of fear, anxiety, you know, stress, defeat, or the way we even embrace those things is, first of all, through the avenue of thoughts. So the way we take those things is by thinking of despair, thinking of anxiety. When you see yourself defeated, you see, it begins first in the thought process. In fact, you notice that uh, the Word of God tells us in uh, 2 Corinthians um, 10, you know, three and four right there, three and four. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. There's something about thoughts. When those thoughts fester in our minds, in our thinking, and you keep brooding on them. And the thing about it is that, 
You can be brooding on them and not really vocalizing anything audibly. See, there is what we call, we, everybody's got their, you know, we all talk like you're hearing me. But besides talking, vocalizing outwardly that somebody can hear you, there's also what we call self-talk. Everybody has their self-talk. And that self-talk is what influences our lives. You know, you get, maybe you, you get into a new position and you're given some tasks to do and you say, well, can I really do this? Am I sure I can do this? No, I can't. I can't. You know, you begin to mutter things like that to yourself. Oh, so-and-so was even better than me. They couldn't do it. How, how can I do that myself? But outwardly, maybe saying to your boss, oh, I can handle this. I sure can. But your self-talk is contrary. See, the Bible says, take no thought saying. There's something about you. See, when those thoughts are going on in our minds, there's self-talk self that goes with it. And the, Jesus is telling us here, take no thought saying. So the way we take anxiety is by speaking. By speaking to ourselves. Sub-vocalizing to ourselves. Quit that. Are, are you following me? Don't do that. Do that no more. In fact, let me put it this way. You're not just going to be able to just quit doing that. You're going to have to replace it with good self-talk. You know, the Bible tells us in Joshua 1.8, where the Lord gave Joshua the recipe for success. He said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you meditate in it day and night. You know, the word meditate right there in Joshua 1.8 is the word to mutter. See, that's self-talk. You, 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 can, you mutter to yourself. You're not talking necessarily to anybody. Yes, when opportunity presents itself, you can speak it out. Hallelujah. But it's important you speak it to yourself. And you can do it hundreds of times in a day. See, that's how, how do people really get into a place of stress and anxiety? That inner talk. That self-talk, that muttering to themselves, they do it many, many times again. You can't, you can't, you're going to fail, you're going to fail. No, I can't, I can't. See, the enemy may begin putting that to you, to putting that in your mind to begin with. But what do people do? They start entertaining it. They start brooding on it. Next thing, they pick it up and begin to speak it to themselves. No, the Word of God tells us we take what the Word of God has said about us regardless of whether we feel like it's so or not. You see, the Word of God is truth. Hallelujah. The Word of God is truth. If something begins to speak in your mind or speak to you that does not align itself with the Word of God, you and I are supposed to reject it. Isn't it interesting? The Word of God said, let the weak say I am strong. Did you get that? Yeah. You feel weak, you feel inadequate, you feel like a failure, but say, I'm strong. And when you begin saying you're strong, it may not feel real to you, but keep speaking it. Make it your self-talk. Make it your inward talk, your personal inward talk, and keep it going, muttering it to yourself. Eventually, it will take hold. Hallelujah. Eventually, it will take hold. Start saying, everybody's saying, well, inflation is here, hyperinflation. Oh, they're laying people off. I may lose my job. I'm not able to pay my bills. Stop saying that. Now, beginning with say what the Word of God says. My God abundantly supplies all of my needs according to his riches in glory by, my, by Christ Jesus. My job or your job is not your source. God is your source. Your job is a channel. 
Now think about it. The rich young ruler, right there in uh, Mark, Mark chapter 10, I think also there, I think somewhere in Matthew, is in Matthew 19 or so. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus said to him, go sell what you have, give to the poor. So how was this supposed to make it? But Jesus said, follow me. Afterwards, come follow me. He said, Peter, John, and the rest of them had done the same thing. They followed him because Jesus was their source. See, God is our source. So even if you lose your job, he's your source. There are other channels you can use. Remember Elijah? He led Elijah during the famine to the brook Cherith. After a while, the brook dried up. And just because the brook dried up doesn't mean, didn't mean Elijah was going to starve. Well, he had another channel. He told Elijah, head to the widow's house. And God made supplies there. See, God is our source. Regardless of, you know, we're hearing about recession, deep recession, even depression in some cases. Regardless of whatever it is, there's no depression without God. No recession without God. No recession or depression in heaven. Our supply is still with heaven. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? You know, it was questions. Don't keep dwelling on questions. You know, something about those questions is that they keep going on and on. And it's like your mind knows you don't have any adequate answers to satisfy those questions. But whatever the case is, speak what the word tells you. Don't dwell on questions. How am I going to survive? So my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's an answer. That's not a question. Keep declaring the truth of God's word, which are answers for you and I in every situation. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Then I want us to come here. Let's come over here to uh, Philippians 4. Philippians 4. It's kind of very interesting here. I love this Philippians 4. In fact, this letter of the book of Philippians was written by Paul in jail. It was written by Paul. Yeah, he was in jail when he wrote this letter. And it's interesting, you know, being in jail, you know, the outlook didn't look good. But the word joy or rejoice, something to do with joy, appears about 19 times in this letter. Think about it. He's in a depressing situation, an anxious situation. Don't forget, he was been put in jail and people were killed. There were people being killed practically every day. And yet when he's writing, look at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Now let me ask you, did Paul feel like rejoicing? In fact, you remember when he went to this place in Philippi, where he, I don't know if you realize it or not, but when he was, when he was uh, you know, when he had the vision, come over to Macedonia and help us. And uh, he got to that region of Philippi, and then he started going out to pray and preaching the gospel and uh, cast out the devil from this uh, demon-possessed girl. And next thing, the whole mob, there was a mob attack, beating them, Paul and Silas, and they were thrown into jail. Bible said at midnight. See, their backs were bleeding, their feet were fasting stocks. But it would have been a very wonderful time for Paul to turn to Silas and accuse, or Silas to turn to Paul and begin to blame him. Paul, are you really sure that vision you had was from the Lord? You know, I see that all the time with brethren or even couples. 
while they decide they're going to do something, and while they do it, maybe things didn't quite go the way they were thinking it would go, then one person starts blaming the other one. That's exactly the position the enemy wants you to be in. Oh, if you did not do this, this wouldn't have happened. If you had done this, this wouldn't have happened. You know, some things like that. The enemy would like to put you in that situation. But you see, let me, let me, let me put it this way. Was Paul, were, Paul, were Paul and Silas not being real? You know, there are times people who say, well, you've got to be real. When things go wrong, it's normal for us to question. Well, listen, that's why we, have, we should have our minds renewed. They, before they set out to go to Philippi, the Bible said they had taken time to be assured, to settle that God was leading them to go to Philippi. So once they had ascertained that, there was no more room for questioning. Did you get that? You go check it in Acts chapter 16. No more room for questioning. Now, when they got to Philippi and started going out to preach, and uh, next thing they were beaten, their backs were bleeding and all of that, no blaming. Yeah, I'm not saying that the questions wouldn't have popped up in their minds, but we've got to learn this about our Christian walk. Just because something pops up in our minds doesn't mean we have to voice those things every time. That's how anxiety builds again and again. Hallelujah. Remember we said the first step? Don't take the thoughts. Take no thought. First step. Hallelujah. You know, uh, Joseph had the same experience. He had had, uh, he had, had uh, a vision, a, a dream, I'd say. A dream about, uh, you know, binding sheaves and uh, the sheaves of his brothers bowing down to him. And he knew what that meant, told his brothers. Next thing, he saw the sun and moon and 11 stars bowing down to him. And before he knew, he was sold into slavery. And then, next thing, he ended up in jail. See, you could have been blaming himself. Oh, I, I shouldn't have done this. Listen, don't. Don't do that, dear friend. Even when it seems like you made a mistake. Didn't it seem like Joseph made a mistake? Joseph could have thought, oh my goodness, I should have kept my big mouth shut. Listen, even if you made a mistake, God's goodness and grace is far bigger than your mistakes. And God, it's not when you and I make the mistakes, not when you make the mistakes, that God discovered, oh, he's made a mistake, or that you were going to make a mistake. His grace is ahead of you. He's already made provision. Hallelujah. So even Joseph, when he found himself in Potiphar's house as a slave, and next thing, ending up in prison, we don't find it anywhere where he began to blame himself. Oh, I should have kept my big mouth shut. Oh, why did I do this? And people will sink into that. Next thing, they start repenting and repenting. Listen, there's a wrong time to repent. And you need to hear that. Yeah, there's a right thing to repent from. There's a wrong time to repent. It's natural for a young man like himself. Who knew? For you just to share your you know, thoughts with your family. Hallelujah. But we don't find Joseph blaming himself. And many people get into this thing about, oh, I, I blew it. I shouldn't have done this and that. And they camp there for days. The next thing, days become weeks and months. Next thing, anxiety builds, depression, and they lose the victory. Hallelujah. Don't get trapped in that. Are you following me? So we said here, in fact, we're talking here about Paul in Acts, uh, in, in uh, Philippians 4, we began. And all through there, what do you see Paul saying? Paul said that, you know, rejoice in the Lord again. In fact, read here with me in Philippians 
1. In the whole of book of Philippians, we have about 19 times. The word joy or rejoicing or something to do with joy is present there 19 times. Right here in verse 3 of Philippians 1, this Paul writing from jail, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Did you get that? I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always. So he's thanking God always. In every prayer of mine. So every time I'm praying, I'm thank, I thank God for you guys. Did you realize that's where he was whipped and beaten by uh, the Philippian jailer? The Philippian jailer, from what we do suppose in church history, is the one that became the pastor of the church in Philippi. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that God brings sweetness out of a bitter experience? That's our God. That's our God. It says, always in every prayer of mine, making requests, requests for you all with joy. Did you get that? Let me read that again. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. This is Paul writing here. Did you get that? In jail. He's talking about making requests in, <laughs> requests in joy and being thankful for them all the time he was praying. See, being thankful, see, there are things we have to do because we know to do them because they're right. He wasn't necessarily waiting to feel like giving thanks or being joyful in any of these situations. He wasn't. Hallelujah. Now we come here to chapter 4 and read here in verse 4, Philippians 4 verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness, one transition says, let your sweet reasonableness. You know, people that are inundated with joy and full of joy are reasonable and in a sweet way too. So let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Then it says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, in fact, the Amplified, the Classic Amplified says here, Amplified Classic, it says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. So you see, the first step, take no thought. In other words, stop sub-vocalizing and thinking those thoughts of defeat, of failure, of despair. Quit that. Change that with your tongue. Mutter to yourself the right things, the things of victory, what you want, the results you want to see from, based on the Word of God. Mutter that to yourself. The second step here, do not fret. Don't fret. Do you, have you realized something? You know, there are times I will read something like this to people, and people say, oh my goodness, Pastor Yang. Or they say to me, sir, and say to me, Pastor Yang, no, 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 I, I can't do it. Listen. God is never going to tell you and I to do something he has not equipped us to do. If he did that, he would be unjust. If God says to keep from doing something, you can do it. All of us can do it. I know there are times you may feel like you cannot do it, but if he says don't do it, you can keep from doing it. That's a fact. Look at what the Amplified says here. Do not fret. You know, you're fretting. You see, do you realize we can yield ourselves to anxiety and fretting and all of that to the point whereby, you know, our minds want to run away with us, our knees are knocking and all of that. Grab a hold of yourself. You see, just because you feel anxiety doesn't mean you've lost it. 
grab a hold of yourself. Say, no, Ian, quit that. Hey, legs, quit that. Ian, quit that. No, I will not. Open your mouth. Speak the truth of God's word to yourself. And you may have to say it more than once and repeat it. And the key thing is keep repeating it to yourself. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will not fret or have anxiety about anything. I will not fret. I will not fret. I will not fret. I refuse to fret. I refuse to fret. I refuse to fret in the name of Jesus. I refuse to fret. You can do it. We all can do it. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Hallelujah. Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. Oh, do you realize what does anything mean? Anything. Whether it be your finances, your job, your children, your marriage, whatever it is. You stop and think. If you are fretting about it, be anxious. Is it going to help the situation? Is it helping you or helping your situation? It isn't. It isn't. It will change the color of your hair, put wrinkles on your face, impact your health negatively. No, you don't want to do that. In fact, it's been said that anxiety, worry, those kind of things actually have a much more worse effect on the human body than alcohol and cigarettes. It's worse off than even alcohol and cigarettes. Think about it. So if God tells us not to do something, and you know, when God tells us not to do something, like we said, he's empowered empowered us and enabled us to be able to be obedient. If we refuse to comply, what's that? You're sinning. That's what it is. So there's no sort of thing, oh, I don't know how. Open your mouth and declare, I will not fret. I will not fear. I will not be anxious. God's word says it. Make that your self-talk. Make that your inward talk again and again and again. But it says in every circumstance and in everything. Did you get that? In every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, definite request with thanksgiving. Woo, hallelujah. You know, when you begin to internalize and speak this positive words of God's word to yourself, it will literally change your mood, change your disposition. Hallelujah. Joy will begin to flow. It says, by prayer and petition, with definite request of thanksgiving, continue to make your request known to God. Listen, by, by thanksgiving, did you get that? By thanksgiving. Our requests are made known to God on a continual basis. Isn't that something? In other words, we put God in remembrance of his word. What God has said. It's not necessarily telling you to make that request again and again. Hallelujah. But there's a way we can bring what we've said to God before him. Hallelujah. It's like holding his word before him as a mirror so he can see himself in it. And so, dear friend, what's the first point we're giving to you here? First point here is take no thought. Change that self-talk. Change it. Second point, do not fret. Fret not. Fret not. Do not fret. Friend, I'm going to have to unhook that and pick up from there the next time. It's really been a great time and a great day to be alive. I want to thank you for letting me come into your space. Please help us share this. Yeah, put it on your social media. Whatever, share this message. 
And I'd also like to hear from you. If you've been blessed in one way or the other, let's hear from you. God richly bless you. And uh, let me go ahead and believe God with you and pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for my dear brother and sister, that person out there hearing, receiving this word. Help them, Lord, not to lose confidence. Help them, Lord, by your spirit and your grace to help them do what the word says. And indeed, so they can experience the goodness and the blessings of God. I bless and I praise your holy name that, Lord, we'll have good results because whatever we cast on you, you know what to do with it. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Once again, thank you so much for letting me come into your space. It's indeed a great day to be alive. Until next time, have a great, wonderful time in Jesus. Blessings. Blessings.